Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, ladies. Welcome back to another Tea Time Tuesday. Um, before we get into our lesson, let's go ahead and have some prayer. Lord God, I just want to thank you for another day. I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. God, I'm asking that you would open up our hearts and our minds to truly take in and receive your word on today. I pray, God, that you would lend us your wisdom, that we may comprehend the things that you're trying to teach us through this lesson. And Lord, I pray that you would use me as you see fit, God, to teach this lesson in a way that is pleasing unto you and understood by all your people. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thank God and amen. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm actually really excited. I mean, I'm always excited uh, to teach, but I'm especially excited about this particular lesson going over it today. Um, and it's funny because every time I feel like, you know, our lessons have been kind of long, right? So every time I go to break these down or, you know, I go to study them, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to focus on this, right? Like we're only really supposed to be looking at God's title, the God of peace. So I'm just going to focus on Irene. I'm just going to focus on this word. And then, you know, just wrap it up and go to the next one. And every time God is like, nope, you're going to sit down. You're going to break it down. You're going to take it in, right? You're going to devour this word. And then you're going to teach it to the people, like I told you. So, <laughs> um, that said, right, it's quite a bit. It's a bit chunky. So, um, you know, whatever we get to today is whatever we get to. I'm going to do my best to um, cover as much as I can in this lesson. If I can cover all of it, that would be great. But if we have to just come back to it, next time, then that's what we'll do, right? Because as we've been saying, uh, whatever we get to is whatever we get to. We're going to take our time. We're not going to rush God. We're not going to rush his word. Um, we're just going to let Holy Spirit have his way and just, you know, take it in, okay? For those who might be new, by the way, um, we have been doing devotional lessons from a book called Woman of God Wonderfully Made. We've been doing a word study on the scripture, Romans 1, uh, verse 1, and it's part of week 5 devotionals. It's from the first lesson of week 5 from that book. Um, but right now we're currently learning about the word God, right, theos in the Greek, at least in Romans 1, 1. And right now, we're in the part of the definitions uh, where it's talking about how God is defined by his title, right? So in this case, we're looking at uh, the God of peace, okay? 
today in particular we'll be looking at the God of peace, love and peace. Okay, and that is in Second Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse eleven. So Second Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse eleven. If you're driving, don't worry about it. Okay. Or working or if you're in a, you know, situation where you can't just get your Bible out like that, then like I said, don't don't worry about it. Just listen. But for those who can, go ahead and turn to that. Second Corinthians thirteen, verse eleven. Um, my Bible app updated and basically erased everything. <laughs> erased all my uh all the Bibles that I had downloaded. So um if in the event that I can't get the amplified to come up, I do have some of the scriptures that we'll be reading typed in my notes. Um, but for the ones that I just can't you know, pull off or anything will be coming from the King James for those. Okay. So uh, I apologize for that at the same time and, you know, technology. <laughs> that being said, it's like if anyone wants, you know, to gift, gift, as in give me, buy me uh, a physical amplified Bible, that would be lovely. But until that time, you know, the Lord, you know, either somebody give me one or he increase me to, to buy one on my own. Right now, we're just going to use what we got available. So, all right. You should have it by now. Okay. So, Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. And I'm going to be reading from the Amplified and the King James. So first, Amplified. Finally, believers, rejoice. Be made complete. Be what you should be. Be comforted. Be like-minded. Live in peace. Enjoy the spiritual well-being experienced by believers who walk closely with God. And the God of love and peace, the source of loving kindness, will be with you. 2 Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 11, Amplified Version. And now in the King James. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. 2 Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 11, King James Version. So, First thing right now, I kind of mentioned it, right? We're still looking at this word, Irene. Okay, so the God of love and Irene, peace, shall be with you, will be with you, right? In this verse, you know, one of the first words that God had me look at was that word rejoice or farewell in the King James. This is the Greek word, Cairo, Cairo, and it is spelled C-H-A-I-R-O, C-H-A-I-R-O. And for those who might want the Strong's number, it is the letter G, 5463, G, 5463, Cairo. 
This word means to rejoice or to be glad. Um, in the helps, right, its root, car, C-H-A-R, means to be favorably disposed, leaning towards. Okay? So that same root is in the word charis, meaning grace, talking about the grace of God, um, in some other words as well. Like if you go study this word, you'll find some other words that are also kind of tied in together. And that root always means favorably disposed, leaning towards, right? I think those from the Ephesians study might remember we looked at that word grace, right? How God is always leaning favorably toward us, okay? But this particular word, Cairo, means properly, and this has come from the helps word studies, to delight in God's grace or rejoice, literally to experience God's grace favor, be conscious, glad for his grace. Okay? Now, in this particular context, when it's used in a salutation or greeting, right, it has the sense of meaning to be well, to thrive, right? So Paul isn't just being like, okay, bye, y'all. <laughs> He's literally telling them, rejoice, be well, thrive. Now, for those who might be like, well, why is that important? We're going to examine the rest of the scripture, and we're going to come back to this point, right? I want you to hold on to that. Rejoice, be well, thrive, right? We're going to look at that some more, okay? So the next phrase we're looking at is be made complete, or uh, in the King James, be perfect. Okay. Now, of course, King James, or even in the Amplified, you might look at that and think, be complete. <laughs> you know, be made complete, be be perfect. I will. That's impossible. It's impossible for you. Remember, we're talking about God. Okay. This Greek word here, right, be made complete, be perfect, is the Greek word katarizo. Katarizo. It is spelled K-A-T-A-R-T-I-Z, as in zebra, O. K-A-T-A-R-T-I-Z-O, Caterizo. Its number, for those who want to look it up later, is G-2675. G-2675, Caterizo. In an ethical sense, okay, note that. In an ethical sense, talking about ethics, morals, it means to strengthen, perfect, complete, make one what he ought to be. To strengthen, perfect, complete, make one what he ought to be. Okay, and it has some scripture references, so if you would like to go look those up, uh, one of the scripture references is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. And Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. 
of 1 Peter 5 and 10 and Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. And next to Galatians, this is from uh, Thayer's Greek lexicon. Okay, it has a note, right, of one who by correction may be brought back into the right way. Okay, it also notes in our verse that we're studying, right, 2 Corinthians 13, 11, that this is in the passive form. Passive voice, right, passive. What does that mean? Right, active, something that's active, right, or even like an active verb or a sentence that's in the active voice, the subject is doing that particular thing. Whereas passive usually goes with intransitive verbs, meaning the action occurs from within. I want you to remember that too. <laughs> We're going to get to that as we go on. Okay, so active, I, you know, I'm carrying action out. Right? In transit, the action is happening within me. Okay? Now, this word is also a compound word. We have the word kata or kata, K-A-T-A, and it has a number two, okay, which is G2596, G2596, kata or kata which means according to or down, and it intensifies the other part of the word, artizo, A-R-T-I-Z-O, artizo, which means to adjust. So according to down and then to adjust, right? It's intensifying that. Now, artizo comes from the word artios. Not sure if I'm saying these words right, so please forgive me. <laughs> Artios, A-R-T-I-O-S, its number is G739. G739. It means properly adjusted. Okay, that's where artizo comes from. So together, right, because it's a compound word, together it means exactly fit, adjust, to be in good working order, i.e. adjusted exactly down to fully function. That's from the HELPS definition, HELPS word studies. So my side note here, we are perfected by God in the sense that we must adjust to him and not the other way around. That means sometimes it's not always going to be convenient for us. In fact, Jesus may deliberately make things inconvenient for you so that you, one, become reliant on him, and two, you understand that it's not a perfect, complete, and holy God that needs to move some things around the schedule to get you where you need to be. It is us who must change if we truly want to be transformed by God. You come under him. Why? Because God is the head. King of kings and Lord of lords, we have to come up under him. He's already perfect. Nothing about God needs to change. But we do need to change. And we talked about that, right? That's one of God's attributes, his immutability. He does not change. Why? Because he's perfect. 
his response may change the certain situations, right? We talked about that too. You know, when we repent to him and we're sincere and genuine in our repentance to him for sins that we've done, right, for the decisions that we made that went against his will, when our hearts are truly, truly sincere, he will change his response to that thing, right? But if we continue to walk in that, okay, his standards don't change. And he's already told you what the consequences are, right, when we live and we choose to live in darkness. We choose to live a rebellious life against God. There are consequences for that. So we are the ones who come up under him. We need to adjust under him, okay? Now, my extra point for this, those adjustments are going to be made in every area of our lives, culturally, financially, in our relationships, our environment, our diet, our conversations, our thoughts and mindsets, the way we dress, the way we see ourselves versus how we see God, the way we treat others, especially those we don't like or are prejudiced towards, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When the God of peace begins shifting some things in our lives, it makes our flesh very uncomfortable because the very things we sought for peace, wisdom, pleasure, guidance, and whatever else is now being taken away and replaced with our true source, the great I am. <laughs> okay? So let's go back a little bit, right? Especially that prejudice, that prejudice thing, right? Culturally. It's okay for you to be patriotic, but if you make the flag or your country, your patriotism, an idol, and that becomes more important than what God said in his word, you start putting that above God, that's a problem, right? So that means what's going to happen, he's going to start shifting some things. When you start saying, God, I want you to be the most important person, I want you to be the most important thing in my life, he's going to start challenging, there's some things that's going to start shifting, and you're going to be challenged, right? For those who, who may not know, right, Sister Jackie is black specifically black American or African American. There are some things even this year culturally been challenged on. Like, yeah, the Lord looking at me like, I know that you're black. I made you. I created you. But what does my word say? Because your blackness can't override my word. Right? The certain things that you deal with and face with in everyday life Okay, that's true, but what does my word say? How are you supposed to handle those things according to the word? Financially, I told you about that too. This year, making a point to educate myself, to become financially literate, so I can be a better steward over the money that he's given me. Because if I cannot learn how to discipline myself with the little bit that he has blessed me with, there is no way that I'm going to be a good steward even if he put me in a position where I'm making like 10 grand a month, all that money is going to be gone. All I'm going to do is put myself in more bondage because I never learned to discipline myself. That's why you have people who are like millionaires, but they're drowning in debt because they have no discipline. 
Again, half the time, it's not that you need more money. You just need to be a better steward over the money he's already given you. Okay? So financially, there's going to be some things you're going to get start getting challenged. Right? Or if you're putting your security and your faith in a job more than you do the Lord, uh-oh, the job might disappear. Okay? In our relationships. If you put more confidence in people than you do in your God, he might start creating some distance between you and other people. Why? Because he needs you to look up to him instead of trying to look to them. Your environment, he might have you move, like literally relocate so that he can put you in your, like we learned in in another Bible study, right, put you in your wilderness season. And did you know that in the wilderness, we usually look at it like a negative thing, but in actuality, the wilderness is a place of intimacy with God because it's literally just you and him and nobody else? Your diet. I mean, I feel like that speaks for itself, right? We've mentioned that a few times. I've shared that with y'all too, both this Bible study, general Bible study. Like, you need to stop eating that because it's making you sick. It's not healthy. What you trying to say? God can't can't use me because I'm overweight. God can still use you, but think of how much better He could use you if you were healthier. Think about how much further you could go, mentally, physically, spiritually, if you were healthier. If you ate better, because God has that. We've talked about that so many times. If there is an area in my life where God does not have control, where he does not have reign, Satan has it. There is no in-between. There is no gray area. If he's going to be Lord, he has to be Lord over all, because he is Lord over all, whether I want to acknowledge that or not. My conversations, what are you talking about? Like, seriously, what, what have you been talking about? What, what kind of conversations do you have? Do you tend to gossip? You know, it's like half the time, if we talked about our business, the way we love to talk about other people's business, we really wouldn't say anything about anybody else's business at all. Like, we wouldn't. You'd be like, oop, no, I'm just, I'm going to pray about that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Our thoughts and mindset, that kind of goes hand in hand, right, with, uh, you know, the other thing I mentioned before, right, how we see ourselves versus how we see God. If I'm carnal-minded, I can't even, I don't have the spiritual maturity, nor the, I don't have the spiritual depth. The, the ability to really take in spiritual things because I'm seeing everything in a carnal way. The word of God don't make sense to me because I'm carnal-minded. I have not accepted his word. And you know something? I'm learning that from, from my study too, right? The study that I'm doing. It is oftentimes in Western culture, We want to study the word and pick it apart and then believe. Whereas in Middle Eastern culture, where the Bible 
that culture is coming from that culture. That's who it's written by, people in Middle Eastern culture. For them, they believe to understand. I believe what God said in his word, and now I'm going to study to further understand it through my belief, whereas we want to study and understand it first and then believe. It has to be the other way around. It's like, yeah, that's how you thought it to be acceptable. But what does God say over and over again? What does God say? The way you dress, God has literally had me get rid of outfits. He had me give some stuff away, but there was literally some outfits he had me throw away. Tops. He was like, no, throw that away. The way we see ourselves, right, versus the way we see God, if I begin to look at my problems as though they're too big or overwhelming for me and I don't even think, like, you know what, God, this ain't nothing for you because you said there is nothing too hard for you. There is nothing too big or too small for you. Again, if that's where your mindset is, okay, we're going to be some adjusting. There's going to be some stuff to come up that's going to start adjusting, making you come down, where you got to come down, right, the way we treat other people, especially the people we don't like or are prejudiced towards. Everybody has a prejudice. I don't care who you are. I don't see color. Okay, but you do. And maybe in some ways that might be part of the problem. It's because you don't see the color. You do not see the problems that those people face every day because you choose not to see it, right? Because then it might make you uncomfortable and the fact that maybe you've attributed to some of those problems. (laughs) Prejudice and, and racism and things of that sort is like a hot button issue, especially in the church. And it's like it shouldn't be that way, though if we're really for God the way we say we are, it really shouldn't. Maybe your prejudice is the LGBTQ plus community. You can't stand the sight of trans people. You see that that rainbow flag and you just flare up. Your heart hardens and you just have all this hate inside of you. But guess what? Every person on this earth, every human being was made in the image of God. God loves that person. He desires them. He wants them to be part of his kingdom. So you are going to have to come up under him, and you've got to put your little prejudice or whatever to the side. If you feel a type of way about certain people of, of various faiths or denominations, you've got to do something about that. I can't bring people to Christ with hate in my heart. It's impossible. That's just not going to happen, right? Remember, doxa, what am I telling people about my God? Does it align with his word? So, yeah, you know, there are some things. It's going to start getting uncomfortable. There's some things that's going to start getting really uncomfortable for you. To be honest, feel like I'm in that 
(laughs) Every time I go to work on that novel, it starts getting really uncomfortable. His guy starts pulling stuff up. And he's like, no, I need you to sit here and I need you to meditate on that. I need you to reflect. Why did you end up here? Why did you make those decisions? Because if you really want to be changed, we have to go back and we have to look at those patterns and examine them so that we don't do this again, right? And you choose a different way. You choose another way. I'm trying to teach you, right? Kind of like we talked about last week. When you're being improved and God is teaching you those things that you need to put into practice to make that routine, right, to do, to keep doing, this is part of it too. So, yeah, I'm going to have to adjust to him. I have to adjust to his will, not the other way around. Because last time I checked, we serve him. He's great I am. Not great we are, okay? It's great I am. (laughs) and we serve him, not the other way around, okay? So, next Next word, looking at my time. Oh, y'all, we just let him have his way. Looking at the next word, right? Be comforted. Okay, be comforted, or in the King James, be of good comfort. Now, this is the word parakaleo. Parakaleo. It is P A R A K A L E O. P A R A K A L E O. Parakaleo. And its Strong's number is G3870. 3870. So this one has a few different meanings. Um, One of the definitions that I've learned is it means to, like, come alongside, right, to come alongside somebody. Okay. Um, Its most basic, one of the most basic meanings is uh, make the call from being close up and personal. And it refers to believers offering up evidence that stands up in God's court, okay? In this particular context, going back to our verse, right, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, okay? It means to receive uh, consolation to be comforted. Now, it has another scripture reference, which is Matthew Chapter 2, verse 18. Again, you can read that on your own. Matthew, chapter 2, verse 18. Okay. So again, in this context, to be to receive consolation, to be comforted. Okay. My first side note for this. The enemy loves to whisper lies and distort things by having us focus more on ourselves and what we see in front of us rather than focusing on God and what the Lord has already promised. When I tell you, like, doing the study, and it made me think about last week, right, and I think I shared that with y'all, how 
my mentor put me on that challenge. All right, I need you to try to make a friend, find somebody, and spend some time with them, right? Gave me that impossible task. That was an impossible task. And I'm looking like I have no way to do this. I, have, I, you know, stay at home most of the time. I don't have a way to get anywhere. How do you expect me to meet anybody? This is impossible, right? <laughs> Again, looking at the situation, focusing on that, think about the people who flaked on me, you know, or you wanted to hang out with me until you realized, you know, I didn't have any money, so I couldn't, you know, buy you food and all the stuff, and then you didn't want to hang with me anymore. Being in that position, it's like, man, ain't no, you know, I've already been there, done that, right, changing that mindset. <laughs> and in that, right, God's slowly turning that around. But then, then it's becoming uncomfortable, right? Because now it's like, oh, you want to hang out? Uh, okay. <laughs> so now what does that mean? Okay, well, now you got to be willing to, to be vulnerable. Now you got to be willing to come outside that house. <laughs> this person said, okay, let's meet up. Let's hang out. So it's easy to look at the, the situation and the enemy sitting there Nobody wants to be your friend. Nobody likes you. They're just gonna they're just gonna flake out on you again, and you're just gonna be alone. Nobody cares about you. Nobody wants to talk to you. Nobody wants to hear you. Even doing this, you know, it's frustrating sometimes when you you or at least in the beginning, when I would upload, and you see like a handful of views on like YouTube or something. And when you send out, you text people, all these people on your phone, it's like not even a tenth of those people are listening to you. YouTube shows me the numbers every week. So it's like, man, you know. And yet, it's like, but what did God say? What did God promise you? Where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst of them. Right? God is still using you. It doesn't matter if it's just one person. And even if nobody listens to you, God is always listening. He's watching. Your work is not in vain. Your labor is not in vain. He's noting those things, right? He's noting that faithfulness to continue even when it feels like you ain't got no support behind you, (laughs) which we know that's a lie, right? So... My extra point, the evidence is there that we are guilty and deserving of far worse than what we actually received. But what did God say? The situation looks grave. There may even appear to be a dead end. But there's no such thing as a dead end when I know who Christ is. What are we presenting to God, and does it actually hold up with what he said in his word? If I know who God is, and even if I get some really bad news, where they're like, Miss Adbury, you only have so much time on this earth. Do I believe what his word said, that not all things are unto death, that 
when I run my race, race well, I will have eternal life, or do I live in a state of fear and panic? Like, I, I, I don't know. There was a peace, <laughs> even in that. There was a peace. There's a there's a sense of of comfort, right? Like when I was just kind of doing whatever, doing my thing, there was this constant fear of I don't want to die. Because deep down, it was like I have no idea where I'm going. That's why there was so much fear, right? I remember the time, even when I was working at camp, right, and there was a zip line. And on that zip line, you are so far high above the ground People look like ants, like little miniature people. That's how high up you are. And they strap you up. You just, all you got is this little strap holding you to the zip line. That's way above the ground. Like, if I fall right now, <laughs> that might be it. And I started thinking about every single thing I did wrong at that moment. I just immediately was repenting, like, Lord, forgive me, Lord. Please, like, please don't let this be the end. I don't want to go out like this. Lord, I still got work to do, though. Like, Lord, please. <laughs> right? Because it's like that sudden awareness, like, ooh, I'm not ready to go. Like, if I go now, I don't know if I'm going to make it. When I look at my current situation, I have every single reason to just look and be like, you know what? Yeah, you know, I I quit. I just I give up. Um, ain't nothing happening for me. You know, I started this business because I thought God wanted me to do this, but ain't nothing happening. Ain't nothing growing. I ain't getting a whole bunch of clients. You know, and I'm I'm doing this and I'm advertising and doing this and that, and it just seems like nothing's working and blah 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 blah. Right? Hmm. Lord, I'm getting emotional now. I look at everything. I look at the odds. I look at what the statistics say. I look at the re- the reality of the situation, right? I look at everything. I take I take the facts into account. It's like, man, my Lord, I'm starting at a really bad start. And some of those things is because of decisions that I made, horrible decisions I made, financially, whatever, poor decisions. But you said, all I have to do is look at the mountain and speak to it, and it will move. And I don't need a whole lot of faith, right? He said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, do you know how small a mustard seed is? I think back on those times when I constantly looked on my situation and I did nothing. I just laid there waiting to die because I felt completely hopeless. I was surrounded, drowning in despair. Every day, deep depression. You feel weighed down. You can't even move. Like your body is weighted. But again, I also take into account everything that God has taught me up to this point, the victories that he's given me in my life. And it's like, yeah, I'm sorry, but that's not holding up to God's word. So, yeah, I could present, you know, present the things to him and be like, well, God, this is just impossible. It's just not going to happen because it don't seem like nothing's been happening for all these years. Or 
God, I know who you are. I remember what you told me when you said that the biggest changes in my life have been internal, that I am changing. I know that you're preparing me for something way greater than I could ever imagine. And I'm going to hold on to that promise because you do not lie. God, I'm going to wait on you, even if it comes at the last minute. If it don't show up today, I will wait for it tomorrow, and I will keep waiting until you come. Because if you said it's done, it's done. And I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to walk like it. I'm going to run my business like it. I'm going to live like it. Whatever it is that God is is doing in your life right now, remember Romans 8 and 28. That's part of my my next note here, right? I'm looking at time. I have to pause. Ooh. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and get to this this last last bit of it. But remember Romans eight twenty eight, right? All things work out for the good of those who love Him, who love Him. Part of my note, right? If He doesn't give me anything else, then He's already given me everything I need. I just need to listen for his voice and hold on to his word. Something I learned in a Bible study uh, recently, maybe like a week or two back. That psalm, Psalm 23 in particular, right? Yea, there walked the valley of shadow of death, right? Or in other translations, we're talking about the shadow, right? In Middle Eastern context, right, you're walking through this valley. If you did not get to where you need to go in time, it would get dark, right? And so the thing about the sheep or the, you know, the goats or, well, sheep that the shepherd is herding, they would listen for the shepherd's voice. So even in the darkness, Long as they hear the shepherd's voice, they knew where to go. They would follow the shepherd, right? In that wilderness, you don't have like abundance, abundance of grass, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He make me lie down in green pastures. It's not a whole pasture full of grass. It's just enough. Just enough. God gives you exactly what you need to get through the season that you're in right now, right? So my final my final thought before we just wrap this up, okay? Isn't it interesting that when God gave the children of Israel manna, which, by the way, that word manna in Hebrew literally means what is it? So these people was eating it. They <laughs> They didn't know what it was, but they believed and trusted God for their nutrients. They ate it, right? That's what mana means. What is it? Okay? When he gave them the manna, 
He gave them exactly what they needed. And if they took any more than what was needed or if they tried to store up for the next day, it would rot and have worms in it. For that, you can read Exodus 16. Isn't it interesting? He's telling them, get what you need. Just take what you need. They, oh, man, let me store it up. You trying to store up is like, I don't trust God to provide for me. I don't trust God to come through for me. I, I don't know. Tomorrow he might change his mind and we might not have none to eat. So just in case he forget about me. Finishing this point off. Some of us have been in certain situations for so long, whether it be we created the problem or God purposely has us there for a reason, that we have the mentality of someone fighting for scraps, but not the mentality of someone who recognizes they're a child of the king. For this, I want us to go to Psalms, okay, Psalm 37, and we're going to look at verse 25, okay, so this is in the Amplified Version, Psalm 37, verse 25, I have been young, and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous, those in right standing with God, abandoned, or his descendants pleading for bread. Psalm 37, verse 25, Amplified Version. My final note, overfeeding your child is just as dangerous as starving them. Your father knows what you need so take comfort in that. Take comfort in that. You have everything you need right now. There are times financially, right? I told y'all, getting that challenge, something will come like, oh, I need to get, and the Lord's like, use what you've got. You already have everything you need. Use the tools you already have. You don't need to spend any more money. <laughs> oh, I need a, no, you don't. You have what you need. Use what you have. I have given you everything that you need. Use what you have. Use the resources I have given you. Some of us have people in our lives that God has positioned right there to help you, to help you get through that season to pray over you, to minister to you, right, to have that fellowship with, and you won't pick up the phone or reach out or nothing. It's almost like you're doing the opposite, like you're waiting for them to call you. Well, okay, I don't know unless you tell me, right? The phone worked both ways, so like God put them there. Well, and then it's like well, then the enemy gets in here, right? Well, I don't want to burden them. I don't want to bother them. Are you a part of the body or are you not? Because when one part of my body hurts, my whole body hurts.
<laughs> you got to speak up. Again, I can't have that mentality. We're not beggars. We're children of the king. And he owns it all. So why am I begging? Why am I even having that mentality of, you know, oh, I got to be in survival? I got to the point like, I don't want to just survive anymore. Like, I had that conversation with God financially. Like, Lord, I've been just kind of surviving, and I don't want that anymore. I want what you you have for me. Like, I know that you want me to have more in my life to where I'm not just struggling. No. Again, that don't mean he's going to make me mega rich. And some of us don't need to be because we can't even handle the, you get a little bit of an increase. You lose your mind. You forget who God is. You doing all kinds of foolishness with your money. You're racked up so much debt. Now you're going back to God. God, help me. <laughs> help me, Lord. Man, if I had that money, I would, you would spend it all. You wouldn't think about nobody else but yourself. Stop lying. Stop lying. Do you know what you would do with that money? Think about what you do with that money right now. Like I just said, when he gives you a little bit of an increase, do you think of others? Do you use that increase to help somebody else who actually needs the help? Or when the opportunity comes to help, to give more to the church or whatever it may be, you sit there and close your pocket up, well, you know, I got you know, to take care of my needs too. So what you do with that, that's what you would be doing. You would be a miser too. You would be a Scrooge too if you had that kind of money. I don't even know why we still, why we on there. I don't know. Somebody need to hear that. That's been popping up a lot. Maybe that's the season somebody is in right now. Learn to be a good steward over your finances. Stop begging. He gave you what you already have, right? He gave you what you needed. Now you need to learn to be a good steward. He's a provider. So it it doesn't matter what you're looking at. God is always going to make a way. But again, that adjusting... If I truly want to see wealth, okay, I need to adjust. I need to come up under him. He has to have control over my finances. If you have a business or you're starting a business, he needs to have control over that business and how you operate things. Hello? Look, you ain't trying to talk to me today. I like I said, I don't know why. It's just I just it's there. It is there. It's like, okay. There might be an adjustment for you pretty soon. You better get ready. Whether you like it or not, it's coming. The adjustment is gonna come. The shift is gonna come. But you're gonna have to decide, is he Lord of all, including that area of your life? Or are you going to go against him? 
Now, you can try to go against God, but you're not going to win that battle. I'm just letting you know from personal experience. You're not going to win that battle. So, again, you are you are a child of the Most High God. I don't have to beg for anything. I just go to him. And again, like, you know, like I said with the other thing, he's like, I already gave you what you need. You just need to use it. Put into use what I've given you. Okay, Lord. And even in that, okay, Lord, how do you want me to do this today? How do you want me to teach today? What do you want me to write about today? What do you need me to study today? What do you need me to pray for today? What is your desire for me today? Oh, yeah, I, I can take comfort in that because God always knows what he's doing. Like, he's always in control. But I don't want to get too ahead of snow because that's toward the end of the lesson. <laughs> All right. So we're going to pause there, and we're going to go ahead and pray out. But I do hope that you'll meditate on some of these things and that you'll go back and read the scriptures and study these words for yourself. Because that's what you should be doing. You should be feeding yourself. And you should be checking me, like, okay, wait a minute. I studied this, and it says, and then we discussed, right? Like, that's how it should be. Now, if your mindset is come with the opinion, you're wrong. Okay, you already, you out of, you out of line. <laughs> okay. You're not coming with the right motive. You're coming with the motive to be like, I'm superior, right? I'm right. In a form of like self-righteousness. Rather than, hey, I'm coming to you in love, right? That correction, I'm coming to correct you in love. Like, I know you said this, but I'm studying. Can we at least talk about it and study it together? Right? Now, the funny thing is, Jacqueline from years ago, wouldn't have, I was definitely not spiritually mature enough to even have those kind of discussions with people because I did think I was superior, right? Like, I'm the teacher. <laughs> but as I'm learning, right, it's not supposed to be that way. It's not. You should be able to come to your teacher and y'all should be able to talk. You know, y'all should be able to talk. Like, well, you know, I've been studying it, and this is what I was getting, you know, and we break bread together as the Lord intended, right? But, yeah, you need to be doing this for yourself, too. All right. So let's go ahead and pray. (laughs) Let's go ahead and pray out. Lord God, I thank you once again for another day. I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. God, I ask that you would just cover each and every single one of us, God. Cover our hearts and our minds, God. Protect us from the lies of the enemy. I pray that your truth would prevail in each and every single of our lives, that you would just reveal your truth to us, God, especially those of us who are in a season where it feels like things are just drying up or the situation looks really bad. And we could use that hope and encouragement, God. Um, For those who maybe are in isolation, I pray, Lord, that you would send them a helper, 
that you would send them a keeper, God, someone to keep them lifted up and encouraged. And, Lord, I just pray that you continue to feel our hunger and desire for your word because regardless of what the enemy says, he cannot stand against the word of God. So, God, we just pray once again that your truth would prevail, that we would cling to your truth, to your word, and continue to see you in spite of what the situation looks like. In Jesus' name, I pray, thank God, and amen. All right, ladies, y'all take care. Remember to join us on Thursday by calling this number. Uh, For those who might be uh, listening on YouTube, I just realized I forget to put the number in the description box, so I'll fix that. The number that you can call to listen into these studies live is 857-777-4411. So you can join us, you know, the latest, um, Tuesdays for Tea Time Tuesday, or for Thursday, General Bible Study, the Bible study for everybody at 530. Take care. God bless. Love y'all. And bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.